the Bible, a collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style. From a wide variety of life circumstances. All the way from palace thrones and bedrooms. To the dungeons down in the palace basement. From seashores to mountaintops. And to the backsides of dry desert wastelands. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life, hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very Word of God. It claims to be a self-revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what He is like and to let us know His plan for our lives here on earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, The Bible. Stay tuned, and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best-selling, most translated book of all history. But more importantly, God himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. Good evening, everyone. Good to be back with you for this evening's edition of The Bible Live as we gather around the old book. We gather around the scriptures as we continue our way through the book now of Deuteronomy. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. This is the fifth book of the Old Testament, the fifth of the five books of Moses, the Pentateuch, five books. Deuteronomy means second law or the second giving of the law. We get the name from the Septuagint, the translation of the Hebrew to the Greek. We have the giving of the law to the people at the base of Mount Sinai. And then one generation later, 40 years later about, we have this giving now of the law that Moses is repeating for the people. Now, all of the book of Deuteronomy takes place in something like maybe two to three week period. This is a message that Moses is delivering to the people of Israel as they are camped on the east side of the Jordan River just a few weeks now before they will be going to war, going to battle against the city of Jericho. We'll read about that when you get into the book of Joshua. Moses is giving them this preparation, reiterating the law. Now, the whole book of Deuteronomy is presented in the format of a formal treaty that a king would make with his vassal states or with the members of his kingdom. This was a very well-known form of presentation in that era. It begins with a review of the relationship between them, and then it sets down the demands, what God expects of his people, the principles for godly living. Then he talks about what would happen if they do not keep the treaty, the covenant. And finally, we'll see as Moses passes from the scenes. The very last chapter is probably written by Joshua, so that's the book of Deuteronomy in a nutshell. We'll get to chapter 11 tonight. That's where we'll be picking up. Right now, let's go to the second half of the beautiful Psalm 37, 
where David contrasts wicked people with righteous people, a theme that we've been talking about all week on the Bible Life. Psalm 37, verses 16 through 26. It is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and possess much. For the strength of the wicked will be shattered, but the Lord takes care of the godly. Day by day the Lord takes care of the innocent, and they will receive a reward that lasts forever. They will survive through hard times. Even in famine they will have more than enough, but the wicked will perish. The Lord's enemies are like flowers in a field. They will disappear like smoke. The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. Those blessed by the Lord will inherit the land, but those cursed by Him will die. The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will not fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young, and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the godly forsaken, nor seen their children begging for bread. The godly always give generous loans to others, and their children are a blessing. End of reading, Psalm 37, verses 16 through 26. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. I love that song. It reminds me, uh, the fact is your host is an actual orphan. I grew up without father and mother and was taken in by God's people and He has made me a part of his eternal family. It is a beautiful truth that we can all appreciate and experience at our different levels and our different ways. We're going to go right on into our Bible reading tonight from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 11. Moses is talking to the people about God's requirements for them and how God will reward their obedience to him. He'll talk about the Lord's chosen place of worship, the tabernacle, that was mandated that there would be at least one place of corporate worship together. The encouragement was always there to worship together as family groups and as individuals, but it talks about the need at certain times as well to worship together. We'll see some admonitions about idolatry and about ceremonially clean and unclean animals for food and so on, things that would set the people of God, the people of Israel, apart from others. Quickly, I want to mention something before we get into our reading from Deuteronomy, though. I'd like to respond a bit to this section that we read in the psalm tonight. This is that well-known passage that says that he'd never seen the godly abandoned or children of the godly begging for bread. People went hungry in David's time just as they do in ours. But the children of the righteous need not go hungry, and the elderly need not fear being abandoned because other believers will help them in their time of need. And starting with our family members, we are to be sensitive to one another in our churches and our gatherings, sensitive to help meet the needs of each other. This is not a government program, nor is it even a church program in that sense. It's simply the people of God responding with sensitivity and with love for those around them. And as long as Israel, as the people of God, were obedient, the Lord says that food would be available for them. But when the people of God forgot God and the rich took care of themselves only, instead of helping to take care of the poor, those in need among the people of God in the congregation, then they all suffered. Today, when we see a Christian brother or sister suffering, we can respond in one of three ways. We can 
say, as perhaps Job's friend said in the book of Job, that the afflicted person brought it on himself. It's his own fault that he's homeless or hungry or whatever. Or we can say that this is a test to help the person develop more patience and trust in God. And both of those might even halfway be true. Or we can help the person in need. David would approve of only that last option. These admonitions are not for the government or not even for any organization, but just for God's people to take care of those, particularly around them of the house of faith, and then others that we find that need the Lord. Reach out in the name of the Lord. And I would also say that for many of you who need help, make sure you're a part of a congregation. Make sure you are a part of a community of faith, because so many times you're out there all alone, you're not being a part of a community of faith, and there's no trust, no relationship built up. Then we ask people to help us, and it's a little more difficult. Let's go to our reading now in the book of Deuteronomy on the Bible life. Deuteronomy 11, 1 through 14, 21. Deuteronomy 11. You must love the Lord your God and obey all his requirements, laws, regulations, and commands. Listen, I am not talking now to your children who have never experienced the discipline of the Lord your God or seen his greatness and awesome power. They weren't there to see the miraculous signs and wonders he performed in Egypt against Pharaoh and all his land. They didn't see what the Lord did to the armies of Egypt and to their horses and chariots, how he drowned them in the Red Sea as they were chasing you, and how he has kept them devastated to this very day. They didn't see how the Lord cared for you in the wilderness until you arrived here. They weren't there to see what he did to Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, a descendant of Reuben, when the earth opened up and swallowed them, along with their households and tents and every living thing that belonged to them. But you have seen all the Lord's mighty deeds with your own eyes. Therefore, be careful to obey every command I am giving you today, so you may have strength to go in and occupy the land you are about to enter. If you obey, you will enjoy a long life in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors and to you, their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land you are about to enter and occupy is not like the land of Egypt from which you came, where you planted your seed and dug out irrigation ditches with your foot as in a vegetable garden. It is a land of hills and valleys with plenty of rain, a land that the Lord your God cares for. He watches over it day after day throughout the year. If you carefully obey all the commands I am giving you today, and if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, and if you worship Him, then He will send the rains in their proper seasons so you can harvest crops of grain, grapes for wine, and olives for oil. He will give you lush pasture land for your cattle to graze in, and you yourselves will have plenty to eat. But do not let your heart turn away from the Lord to worship other gods. If you do, the Lord's anger will burn against you. He will shut up the sky and hold back the rain, and your harvests will fail. Then you will quickly die in that good land the Lord is now giving you. So commit yourselves completely to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands as a reminder and wear them on your forehead. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are away on a journey, when you are lying down and when you are getting up again. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors. Be careful to obey all the commands I give you. Show love to the Lord your God by walking in His ways and clinging to Him. Then the Lord will drive out all the nations in your land, though they are much greater and stronger than you. Wherever you set your feet, the land will be yours. Your frontiers will stretch from the wilderness in the south to Lebanon in the north, and from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. 
No one will be able to stand against you, for the Lord your God will send fear and dread ahead of you, as he promised you, wherever you go in the whole land. Today I am giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. You will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. You will receive a curse if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn from his way by worshiping foreign gods. When the Lord your God brings you into the land to possess it, you must pronounce a blessing from Mount Gerizim and a curse from Mount Ebal. These two mountains are west of the Jordan River in the land of the Canaanites who live in the Jordan Valley near the town of Gilgal. They are located toward the west, not far from the Oaks of Moreh. For you are about to cross the Jordan to occupy the land the Lord your God is giving you. When you are living in that land, you must be careful to obey all the laws and regulations I am giving you today. This is the Bible lie with Soapy Dollar. Deuteronomy 12. These are the laws and regulations you must obey as long as you live in the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. When you drive out the nations that live there, you must destroy all the places where they worship their gods. High on the mountains, up on the hills, and under every green tree, break down their altars and smash their sacred pillars. Burn their Asherah poles and cut down their carved idols. Erase the names of their gods from those places. Do not worship the Lord your God in the way these pagan peoples worship their gods. Rather, you must seek the Lord your God at the place he himself will choose from among all the tribes for his name to be honored. There you will bring to the Lord your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, your special gifts, your offerings to fulfill a vow, your free will offerings, and your offerings of the firstborn animals of your flocks and herds. There you and your families will feast in the presence of the Lord your God, and you will rejoice in all you have accomplished because the Lord your God has blessed you. Today you are doing whatever you please, but that is not how it will be when you arrive in the place of rest the Lord your God is giving you. You will soon cross the Jordan River and live in the land the Lord your God is giving you as a special possession. When he gives you rest and security from all your enemies, you must bring everything I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, your special gifts, and your offerings to fulfill a vow, to the place the Lord your God will choose for his name to be honored. You must celebrate there with your sons and daughters and all your servants in the presence of the Lord your God. And remember the Levites who live in your towns, for they will have no inheritance of land as their own. Be careful not to sacrifice your burnt offerings just anywhere. You may do so only at the place the Lord will choose within one of your tribal territories. There you must offer your burnt offerings and do everything I command you. But you may butcher animals for meat in any town, wherever you want, just as you do now with gazelle and deer. You may eat as many animals as the Lord your God gives you. All of you, whether ceremonially clean or unclean, may eat that meat. The only restriction is that you are not to eat the blood. You must pour it out on the ground like water. But your offerings must not be eaten at home, neither the tithe of your grain and new wine and olive oil, nor the firstborn of your flocks and herds, nor an offering to fulfill a vow, nor your free will offerings, nor your special gifts. You must eat these in the presence of the Lord your God at the place he will choose. Eat them there with your children, your servants, and the Levites who live in your towns, celebrating in the presence of the Lord your God in all you do. Be very careful never to forget the Levites as long as you live in your land. When the Lord your God enlarges your territory as he has promised, you may eat meat whenever you want. It might happen that the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored 
is a long way from your home. If so, you may butcher any of the cattle or sheep the Lord has given you, and you may eat the meat at your home as I have commanded you. Anyone, whether ceremonially clean or unclean, may eat that meat, just as you do now with gazelle and deer. The only restriction is never to eat the blood, for the blood is the life, and you must not eat the life with the meat. Instead, pour out the blood on the ground like water. Do not eat the blood. Then all will go well with you and your children, because you will be doing what pleases the Lord. Take your sacred gifts and your offerings given to fulfill a vow to the place the Lord chooses to dwell. You must offer the meat and blood of your burnt offerings on the altar of the Lord your God. The blood of your other sacrifices must be poured out beside the altar of the Lord your God, but you may eat the meat. Be careful to obey all my commands so that all will go well with you and your children, because you will be doing what pleases the Lord your God. When the Lord your God destroys the nations and you drive them out and occupy their land, do not be trapped into following their example and worshiping other gods. Do not say, how do these nations worship their gods? I want to follow their example. You must not do this to the Lord your God. These nations have committed many detestable acts that the Lord hates, all in the name of their gods. They have even burned their sons and daughters as sacrifices to their gods. Carefully obey all the commands I give you. Do not add to them or subtract from them. This is the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Deuteronomy 13. Suppose there are prophets among you, or those who have dreams about the future, and they promise you signs or miracles, and the predicted signs or miracles take place. If the prophets then say, Come, let us worship the gods of foreign nations, do not listen to them. The Lord your God is testing you to see if you love him with all your heart and soul. Serve only the Lord your God and fear him alone. Obey his commands, listen to his voice, and cling to him. The false prophets or dreamers who try to lead you astray must be put to death, for they encourage rebellion against the Lord your God, who brought you out of slavery in the land of Egypt. Since they try to keep you from following the Lord your God, you must execute them to remove the evil from among you. Suppose your brother, son, daughter, beloved wife, or closest friend comes to you secretly and says, Let us go worship other gods, gods that neither you nor your ancestors have known. They might suggest that you worship the gods of peoples who live nearby or who come from the ends of the earth. If they do this, do not give in or listen, and have no pity. Do not spare or protect them. You must put them to death. You must be the one to initiate the execution. Then all the people must join in. Stone the guilty ones to death, because they have tried to draw you away from the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of slavery. Then all Israel will hear about it and be afraid, and such wickedness will never again be done among you. Suppose you hear in one of the towns the Lord your God is giving you that some worthless rabble among you have led their fellow citizens astray by encouraging them to worship foreign gods. In such cases, you must examine the facts carefully. If you find it is true and can prove that such a detestable act has occurred among you, you must attack that town and completely destroy all its inhabitants as well as all the livestock. Then you must pile all the plunder in the middle of the street and burn it. Put the entire town to the torch as a burnt offering to the Lord your God. That town must remain a ruin forever. It may never be rebuilt. Keep none of the plunder that has been set apart for destruction. Then the Lord will turn from his fierce anger and be merciful to you. He will have compassion on you and make you a great nation, 
just as he solemnly promised your ancestors. The Lord your God will be merciful only if you obey him and keep all the commands I am giving you today, doing what is pleasing to him. This is the Bible lie with Soapy Dollar. Deuteronomy 14. Since you are the people of the Lord your God, never cut yourselves or shave your hair above your foreheads for the sake of the dead. You have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God, and he has chosen you to be his own special treasure from all the nations of the earth. You must not eat animals that are ceremonially unclean. These are the animals you may eat. The ox, the sheep, the goat, the deer, the gazelle, the roebuck, the wild goat, the ibex, the antelope, and the mountain sheep. Any animal that has split hooves and chews the cud may be eaten, but if the animal doesn't have both, it may not be eaten. So you may not eat the camel, the hare, or the rock badger. They chew the cud but do not have split hooves. And the pig may not be eaten, for though it has split hooves, it does not chew the cud. All these animals are ceremonially unclean for you. You may not eat or even touch the dead bodies of such animals. As for marine animals, you may eat whatever has both fins and scales. You may not, however, eat marine animals that do not have both fins and scales. They are ceremonially unclean for you. You may eat any bird that is ceremonially clean. These are the birds you may not eat, the eagle, the vulture, the osprey, the buzzard, kites of all kinds, ravens of all kinds, the ostrich, the nighthawk, the seagull, hawks of all kinds, the little owl, the great owl, the white owl, the pelican, the carrion vulture, the cormorant, the stork, herons of all kinds, the hoopoe, and the bat. All flying insects are ceremonially unclean for you and may not be eaten. But you may eat any winged creature that is ceremonially clean. Do not eat anything that has died a natural death. You may give it to a foreigner living among you, or you may sell it to a foreigner. But do not eat it yourselves, for you are set apart as holy to the Lord your God. Do not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. End of reading Deuteronomy 11.1 1 through 14.21 not to sing along with these beautiful songs. Moses continues now to speak to the people of Israel camped on the east side of the Jordan about what it will mean to know and follow God and to experience his blessing. He gives them a choice there between blessing and curses there in chapter 11 as we started out. Very interestingly, uh, God gives them this very clear choice, life or death, blessing or cursing. The strange thing is that far too often, the people of Israel, both individuals and groups and families, as well as the nation as a whole, chose curses. It's an amazing thing about human nature, I suppose. All of us can look at times in our lives when we did things we knew that just weren't right for our own reasons. We brought sometimes a great deal of sadness and difficulty upon ourselves because of our choices. Well, God gives them a clear choice. Now, blessings for obedience and then discipline and punishment for disobedience. God wanted them to be a people set apart for him, experiencing all the joy, all the delight, all the blessing that came from being his people and walking with him. We find that out here in these opening passages tonight. And then he talks about in chapter 12, God's chosen places for worship. Now, the pagan people groups already living in Canaan, 
they offered their sacrifices to very different gods and to many gods, and they offered them in many places and many forms and many different situations. And, of course, because of that, their worship degenerated into often just drunken fests or orgies and terrible, terrible examples of anything that would mean worship to the true and living God. Their worship degenerated into just simply power-pleasing, pleasure-seeking experiences. And, of course, that's not what God had in mind. These restrictions about the different formats, prescribed manners of worship, prescribed places. Why is all of that? It's not onerous or it's not burdensome to the people. In fact, there were seven festival days in the worship calendar. Five of them were celebrating festival times with the family, great times of joy and feasting and a very happy mode. Very soon, the Jewish faith became a singing faith. They already were singing back and forth to each other on the mountain there in in Canaan. Later, David comes along and they introduce musical instruments in a big way into their worship. So music and festivity and joy and delight, that became a part of worship. And that was important that it also be family-based, that the children learn to enjoy worship and to enjoy the relationship with God. That emphasis was there, the family worship. But also there were, at the tabernacle they went, there were certain ways that they were to worship, and that was to safeguard the purity of that godly experience, introduce accountability and quality control into their worship so that somebody didn't get off into all kinds of tangents and all kinds of errors and difficulties, not only theologically but in practice as well. And they were to be set aside. That was something else that we noticed there in chapter 14, the ceremonially clean and unclean animals. A lot of people take it for granted that that had to do with their health, and it may well have been a consideration. However, logically at least, it's clear that these commands were not primarily even intended about health and welfare. These were laws and commands that were given to the people of Israel so that they would be set apart, distinct from the people groups around them. Why do we have to do that? God could say, well, just because. Because I want you to be obedient. There are ways I want you to be distinct. I want you to have traditions, practices that set you apart as the people of God. God is holy. That means set apart and distinct. And he says, we'll be holy as he is holy. We should be different for very good, positive reasons, for our lifestyle, for the way we live, for the way we care about people, the way we treat people. These are lessons that the people of Israel are learning, and so should we. Well, Moses continues encouraging the people reminding them how God loves them, that God desires them as a people for himself, and that they are to be a light to the world, to the people groups that they come in contact with. And it's the same calling we have today as believers, to be set apart in our love for the Lord, in our devotion to him, and to be light and salt. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. We have that same mandate on us. Remember the last phrase we read in today's reading from Deuteronomy. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. This is a phrase that's repeated many times. Do not use for ill, do not use for bad purposes what God has intended for good. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 
7218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Start today and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.